This is Debo Samuel. You're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, joined by Byron Lambert as we break down week 12 on the waiver wire, sort of a condensed week this week. Our hair is on fire getting up to Thanksgiving DFS stuff and getting the ranking sheet in a day early and all kinds of other stuff. But uh, we hope you're enjoying the content over there at rosterwatch.com. If you uh, like this stuff, please make sure and uh, check out a pro membership over there, and at the very least, if you could click um, like and subscribe in YouTube and also give us a five-star rating and a review in Apple Podcasts, that would be greatly appreciated. All right, Byron, shitty week on on the waivers. <laughs> it's done. Look, I looked at the cheat sheet. There's not any of these guys that I'm too pumped up to be picking up this week. Yeah, we got a little gift here in Gus Edwards due to the COVID situation in Baltimore. It's funny. I've been rostering Gus Edwards for – I don't know, four or six weeks in one of our competitive leagues, Alex. And I almost dropped in this last week. Just was that thing had reverted to a three-headed monster. And I said, you know, I better not. There's just too much upside uh, with a guy like that if something goes awry in that backfield. And, I mean, kind of felt like I hit the jackpot. Of course, we don't like to see anybody get sick. But this is fantasy football, and we like to get sick on all our own players. And I'm pretty sick about owning Gus Edwards this week. I'm definitely a little bit worried that it's against the Steelers. It's not a good matchup, but I think this is what the Ravens do is they run the ball. And Lamar Jackson, I believe, kind of opens things up non-traditionally for these running backs, potentially against tougher uh, fronts. And, you know, I've spent a good bit of time at – Ravens uh, facilities the last few years Alex and you know me man I've been been kind of pounding home the message that that team loves Gus Edwards and he's actually kind of a good running back um so he's the kind of guy too that with volume you really like so not a great matchup but maybe a little gift falling into our laps here on the short week uh Gus Edwards miraculously available and you know a lot of a lot of leagues out there Alex and uh, I sure am happy I held on to him we have our guy Minion Hunter in chat just saying, Minion, we, Minion, we, we love you too, brother. Um, he's saying that five, five Ravens have five players and four staff out now. So I don't know if that's – I don't know if that – is that more than – was that more than was reported this morning? I'm not exactly so. Yeah, now five players. Running backs, first of all, and now it's like – bunch of players in the building i think it's like almost 10 people affected by it i wonder point. if there's any chance so that's the that's it's a that's a good read that's another good thing that you raised there alex because you asked me before the pod about justice hill who i suppose could live at the bottom of this sheet a guy we've scouted closely out of oklahoma state that i've also seen at ravens running camp in the pre-jk dobbins area and i uh, saw number down. 40 and, and 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 i saw number 43 in in the but, game this but, this last week but I think the point that you make here is number one is as of right now, we're not a hundred percent certain that this game even goes down. I mean, it sounds like it will, 
but there's a, it, you know, I'm not sure that we know a hundred percent as of when waivers process, what the status of this game uh, will be. So that's a little bit of maybe a reason to tread a little bit lightly on, on guy like Hill and, and maybe not go all in on Edwards unless you absolutely have to, um, you know, but the other thing is too, is these are, it's probably a one week play in all likelihood here. So I think you should, you know, you have to take that into consideration uh, when you're looking at what that's why I kind of said, you know, justice Hill in a bad matchup, a one week play. I mean, COVID situation. We're not even sure the game is hundred percent to go down. What, what are you really going to do with that guy? I think Gus Edwards, you're going to play him no matter what, but if you're in a free agent, you know, bidding type league or format, unless you really need him this week, it might be a reason not to go like completely bananas in on him. I see a couple of you guys have questions in chat. We'll, we'll always get to the questions here at the end when we quit talking about the waiver wire. So make sure to stick around and we'll get to all of them. Somebody's asking about a trade for DK Metcalf. Um, Man, I swear to God, Byron, if COVID fucks up, I mean, the Thanksgiving slate after fucking up Thanksgiving, I'm just I'm just I'm, I'm going to be so tilted. <laughs> like, it's just like, come on, dude. It's like if I'm going to be sitting here alone at my house, I need all three of these games. It's crazy, man. Like and, and, for, the, and, for, and for the nightcap to be canceled is even harder to think about. So let's hope that there's no more po- further positive. Adam Schefter, thanks to Minion Hunter for sharing this tweet. He said Thursday night's game versus Steelers is still on a schedule, but one source warned, warned that further positives could mean postponing it. So let's hope that that doesn't happen. I don't want this to be a two-game Thanksgiving slate. Um, uh, besides that, I don't know. I mean, just looking at the cheat sheet, I, w- I was interested. To, you know, after Rex Burkhead went down, I was interested in the role that James White seemed to pick up there. Uh, we do have Sony Michelle lurking, but James White certainly – has much more of the the skill set to kind of take on that take on that Rex Burkhead kind of role and Rex Burkhead as you'd mentioned before had been seemingly coming on a little bit in these last few weeks. My deal with Bill Belichick is what the hell was he doing versus Houston with not running Damian like you run out there the offense looks awesome running with Damian Harris and then all of a sudden you get Damian Harris out he doesn't touch the ball again till the third quarter. I don't know like I don't, I don't know what he was thinking running James White between the tackles on these third and 11 draws and like all this bullshit. But clearly Belichick likes James White. Um, we saw that there was some of the receiving upside that was still there, despite the fact that we've worried about that with Cam Newton, Rex Burkett out of the picture, Sonny Michelle lurking. How do you value him? I think you got to be pretty interested in James White at this point. I mean, obviously from – specifically a PPR perspective, but I think we saw what the team thinks about Sony Michelle. I mean, their intention wasn't really to get him. It wasn't a priority to get him involved now that he was, you know, off the IR or whatnot, you know, this injury might've changed that to Burkhead, but uh, I don't, Sony Michelle doesn't fill the Burkhead role. And that seems to have been, you know, locked down by Damian Harris. I mean, you get, you're a little, little nervous to ever say that in New England, but I mean, it feels like that's locked down for Harris. So to me, it's basically like a Harris, James White complimentary tandem here moving forward. You know, maybe we get a little Sony Michelle in there, but I don't think that hurts James White. James White's not the guy I'm worried about at this point. Um, you know, I know a lot of folks going into the season were expecting James White to have a pseudo Christian McCaffrey role <laughs> with Cam Newton. That and never manifested this year, but 
I don't know. The targets this last week made me feel positive. And James White's a guy that if he's getting the targets, he can be a pretty useful fantasy player. So not a player you're going all in on, but a player in a situation that I thought um, I thought it pushed him up the board pretty good this week, Alex. I, I'm looking on here. I think it's interesting the slotting that you have for Wayne Gallman as somebody within the tier that, you know, coming off by a week, sort of out of sight out of mind, but Wayne Gallman, you know, 19 touches in week 10 uh, versus, versus, um, versus Philly. He, he didn't do a lot with him on the ground, but did score the two touchdowns on 60% of snaps. Uh, I, I wasn't thinking about Wayne Gallman. Um, is, is he, it doesn't feel, he's certainly not available in, in any league that I play in, but he, he does have <laughs> pretty widespread availability. I mean, is that the deal? Yeah. I mean, he was, he hardly, you know, he was still kind of flying under the radar, even though he was performing for a couple of weeks there before the buy. So his ownership will never really reach the level you might have expected for reasons that make perfect sense. And, you know, like you said, out of sight, out of mind on the buy, people had to make some tough decisions on the waivers this last week or so. Um, so that's it made him available out there. And from what I can tell, Taking in those Giants games, I mean, Wayne Gallman had pretty clearly established himself, A, is the best back in New York, and B, basically the lead back based on the volume he was getting. Um, And I think Daniel Jones is heating up a little bit too. So Wayne Gallman, uh, you know, not a player that uh, you're overly thrilled about having to slide into your flex position this week, but a guy who's definitely been producing in a surprising way, Alex. Cam Akers is being used a little bit more. I see he's on the cheat sheet, but it's still, I mean, it's it's still pretty frustrating. Only a 26% snap count last night. Malcolm Brown, 41% snap count. Daryl Henderson, a 33% snap count. But uh, Cam Akers did out-touch all those guys with 10, despite not getting any targets. Do you think that it's finally coming time for – Sean McVay to unleash Cam Akers. I can't. I I can't believe some of these three-headed backfields, man. These Rams, these Coles. Some of these situations are just it's ridiculous to try and figure out. Well, those teams are playing well, so it's good for real football. It sucks for fantasy. I mean, truthfully, if I was a GM or a coach in the NFL, this is probably how I would play it. Fantasy. <laughs> what if you had a really good fan, runner, though? Fantasy like, guys would hate would hate me. You know what I mean? <laughs> they would hate me. So uh, it's tough to be on the other side of the coin, I suppose. Um, I would hate myself probably. But, um, yeah, you know, I tried to tell you for a couple of weeks as a Daryl Henderson owner, like we were begging in half-point PPR formats for six, eight, nine, even, you know, god forbid 10 points out of daryl henderson i mean that's what you're that's what you're praying for is a touchdown from any of these guys any given week so is he going to unleash cam makers not in any predictable fashion that we can pinpoint that makes him useful for fantasy could we see a little more of him could we see a big game or two here pop down the stretch i think so he looks like a good player Uh, i like the way that the rams are playing but uh, i don't think there's enough here to make cam makers a huge priority like i'm seeing maybe some others push out there in the industry, right? Were you, were you surprised that were you surprised at the Rams last night versus the Bucks? No. Rams I, are playing good football. You weren't surprised that they were able roster. to get you weren't surprised that, that, that they were able to get that kind of offense going. The Bucks have just been bad in primetime games. Yeah, and I thought that hurry up offense, you know, the way they were getting to the line and just running plays last night, I thought it made a difference. You know, I don't see the Bucks as having real – I'd have to go back and look, but 
you know, I feel like it's more of the scheme than any in, any guy. You know, it's the whole defense. I feel like, and I I feel like if you're going to throw that ball that much to good receivers who can run good routes like Woods and Cup, I mean, they can get open. And these, you know, they, one thing I've learned in the last year or two that we have to remember, Alex, is. I mean, the days of lockdown cornerbacks, a lot Daryl Revis. You got to get that shit out of your mind, man. None of these guys are really like to the like to the point where you just can't start your good fantasy player on the other side. And I mean, this it's there's there well, there've been a few exceptions. Really about, there've been a few a couple of times. DK Metcalf here and there. DK but Metcalf and, and Jay. You want to sit? Jaylen you want to sit Metcalf against Gilmore earlier this year? He no, toasts him from no. bomb. You want to sit? Evans against Jalen Ramsey, he still gets in for time. At the end of the day, it's about, it really is about playing, you know, the tiers of players that you have, the better players. I mean, there is a, there's like an interface between matchups and tier of player, but ultimately you got to remember the good players kind of trump things. And I just think it gets overblown. Yes. Somebody's the hardest matchup of the slate for opposing wide receivers, but like still, does that mean that that, does that mean they're unbeatable? Does that mean they are like, uh, are lockdown dudes? I'm not sure it does anymore. And also, you know, when we think of matchups and it's how the matchup tool, it's how the, ma- it's, it's like, I don't want to give away secrets of the matchup tool, but one of the ways that the matchup tool is put together is because, um, is, is, has to do with how the off, how we plan on the offense is interacting as much as it has to do with the personnel on the other side, that'll be depend, defending these wide receivers. And if you can project the offenses to interact in a way that's going to be conducive to scoring, then of course you're going to, you know, you're going to project out those, those, those target shares um, uh, as you, uh, you know, ac- accordingly. So um, yeah, totally, totally agreed that there probably should be less emphasis on the individual wide receiver cornerback matchups. But as always, I mean, we'll take any information that we can get that might give us an edge and um, take that thing, take those things into account. I mean, these other running backs, you guys can look at the cheat sheet. I don't like I don't there's not anybody else that I find really remotely interesting. I, I mean, I guess Tony Pollard, he got in the box, but he hardly played it. He hardly played um Versus if you Minnesota. own Zeke, make sure to own Pollard. I mean, I had to start Pollard in that dynasty league that I always have to start Curtis Samuel this last well, week. I, I swear to God, dude, it's like I've, I've been running so so damn hot in that league. Uh, just uh, having to it'll take it. Yeah, man, I feel like a real trash man having to get in these trashy players and have them have them go off. Do you, do you want to switch over to wide receiver? Oh, and also in the YouTube comments, if you guys have questions about guys that you um, whether you can be dropping them. Let, let me know, and Byron and I'll go over those at the end here. At the top of the cheat sheet here, and you guys can look at the bids that Byron's uh, recommending that you put in, but I love seeing Michael Pittman up top. I just worry about the volume there for him. I mean, it's an offense. Like I was, I was telling somebody on the site on Sunday, you know, it's just hard to figure out what's going to happen with, with Indy because they have a whole clown car of these goddamn – tight ends they have a whole clown car of running backs that's like six dudes right there that Phil Rivers loves to throw to you still have T.Y. Hilton around and then you have Michael Pittman it really is it's a very very spread out um target tree but Michael Pittman has been one of the most efficient I mean 8.8 percent target share last week and he still you know goes big he did basically the same the week before it looks like he's making the most of his opportunities do you think he's going to get more or do you think we're just going to have to continue betting on such big efficiency well, I think he looks like a good young player that we know he is. We saw from the Senior Bowl, but he looks really good. And to me, he's become a core player in that offense. So 
you know, what I'm looking at is that he's a plus 80% snap count guy on that team the last two weeks. And there's nobody else that's even sniffs that level of participation on that offense or at the wide receiver position. So, I mean, I think it stands to reason his volume will go up a little bit. I'm not totally sure it will. And, you know, I'm not sure he's a wide receiver two or anything at this point, but clearly he needs to be owned. And in a thin week um, here down the stretch, like he's, he's one of the guys that's, I mean, he sits atop the sheet because he looks good and they're playing well. <laughs> so it seems like these Indianapolis Colts are, I mean, they're, they're playing pretty well, man, this season. So the other, everybody else stinks. Who's Zach Pascal, T Y Hilton. Those guys are trash, man. This guy, man, it's in chat. Sad, sad, a, a sad, a bossy dude. I I know you asked the question about the trade for DK Metcalf. We'll talk about it. We talk. This is the waiver show. So, quit asking. If 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 you ask about it one more time, we're not going to answer the question. Um, okay, but but yes, we don't want to we don't want to interrupt the actual the actual content of the of the show to be to be answering this answering this junk. The the thing the thing about um. The thing about uh, the the Bengals thing with Joe Burrow, I think it's kind of swindled a lot of uh, definitely a lot of Tyler Boyd owners, maybe some T Higgins owners. You could um, you could definitely cons- I'm considering maybe getting in Michael Pittman over um, over Tyler Boyd this week and, and maybe maybe moving forward what do you just as as an aside what do you th- i mean what did you think about ryan finley he really looked like shit huh what are you doing with the, what are you doing with, the, with those cincinnati guys probably benching them and starting whatever fantasy defense i can against them and i think that's about it man maybe if joe mixon it looks like he's going to be out a few, few more weeks maybe you just keep plugging along with geo as some kind of low-end flex um, I think pretty much hands off on most of that situation. Um, right. Yeah. By I'm the just, way, look, I've been trying to wait and see for me. It's a wait and see for me. I just, I'm I, looking at this in, you know, sorry, Alex, go ahead. Oh, I'm just, I'm just saying it's a wait and see. And I think it's going to be a wait and see for like trouble. I'm not sure it's, I'm not sure that this is going to end well for anybody involved with the Cincinnati offense. I mean, how can you play those guys at the most important time of your season with yeah, that quarterback situation? Just I just, I just don't know how you can. Man, I'm looking at this, Alex. We've been ahead of the curve a few weeks, been pushing out on the trade cast that, you know, it was far from a guarantee, but one of the kind of notable guys that was living in a lower tier we should have been targeting last few weeks and just stashing to see what happens because the schedule was phenomenal basically the rest of the way. Your guy, Jonathan Taylor, getting a big volume, 26 touches. Oh, dude. I love it. Freshman. I feel yeah. pressure for pushing that out into the bloodstream of roster wash nation in recent weeks. No, that's no, that's 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 good. It's it's Sada Bossy in in uh, in in, com- in the comments. Don't don't be so hard on yourself, man. You don't you don't you don't have to apologize. It's okay. We'll, we'll answer your question, and we and, and, and we do not, in fact, think think that you are an a hole. Um, okay, what about these other guys at the very top? I mean, they're good. I mean, Aguilar, Aguilar's not Aguilar's not that good, but he's a good fantasy player, and he's the number one wide receiver. Why did they? I tweeted this. Why did they? Derek Carr would be peppering the shit out of CD Lamb right now. 
you can't tell me that he wouldn't be. And I know what the Raiders fans come out and say. They say, hey, they won the football game. He's doing what he needs to do for the offense. Like, Carr's doing just fine. How do you know that it would be the same if Ruggs wasn't there? And I'm like, well, the, well I, just, I just know. You know, it was a bad pick then. It's a bad pick now. You have, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I remember during the summer I was getting nervous even thinking about pushing Ruggs up over, like, Jerry Judy on the Dynasty rookie sheet or even – even Justin Jefferson, it's like was a close call. I don't. There was so much hype with rugs and all this, but it's just, I to me, it all. You know, I I wouldn't have expected him to perform uh, this poorly or to be featured this little. But I, you know, I, I'm not surprised. I don't think a lot of people are surprised he's being outperformed by some of these other rookie uh, wide receiver prospects. It's a disappointment. I mean, you're right. Aguilar doesn't look good, but I think he looks. He's not really a good player, but he he looks good, and he's you know he seems to be like the big play guy, and you know it's it's been a little hit or miss, but most weeks he's been good for fantasy, and I think he's showing off some of the skills that you know made him you know kind of an enticing even prospect when he came out. I know he hasn't lived up to his in his career, but he's had a few years here and there where he's kind of he's kind of hit. Remember when they started using him, what is it in the slot in Philadelphia there for a while? And he seemed to really perform well that, that one year, he's kind of a versatile guy with the multiple skill set, And, um, you know, he's never going to blow you away, but you know, to me, he's worthy of pursuing at this point. If you need a wide receiver down the stretch, I'm interested to see the Debo Samuels out there in some leagues, clearly a guy that shouldn't be floating around on your waiver wire at this point. Um, should be healthy now and those guys have the buy in the rear view mirror so pretty much think you can think about playing Debo you know basically the rest of the way whenever you need him uh, your guy Curtis Samuel Alex I mean I don't know man he just keeps kind of like Aguilar those guys just keep popping off and then still like Rager in Philadelphia great matchup this week at home against Seattle this could be a blow up spot for him and even for Carson Wentz when everybody's so low on those guys um but clearly struggles in philadelphia kind of maybe push rager down a notch or two from you know how we've been looking at him the last week or two on the waiver wire fantasy life app i see our guy kipsy and and um do you did you get your update about the fantasy your update on the fantasy life app byron charges designate designate austin eckler to return from injured reserve this week don't know if uh don't awesome. know if yeah. So so long, Kalen Balage. I guess we're gonna have to ask in the uh, ask in the drop keep section whether or not what the hell we're doing. I think with, it's so long, Josh Kelly. Kelly, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's gonna be a tandem here for at least a little while with Balage and Eckler. I'm one thing. I'm surprised you guys can check out all the players who are here on the list. One thing I'm surprised is your slotting of Jacoby Myers. I mean, we've always been lower on him than we were. Never gonna be out in front on pegging at Jacoby Myers breakout with this 40% target share that he had over the previous three games before the Houston game, but definitely came back down to earth. And that one kind of, but, but busted a little bit as chalk on in DFS. I think he threw a touchdown. Didn't he throw a touchdown? That kind of helped save his, that helped kind of save his bacon. You know, Jacoby Myers, the ex quarterback. Um, do you, do you ever, do you just not think he's going to get back to the sort of volume that he has now that they have Harry back and like everything else? I mean, we'd had Myers pretty high on the sheet the last couple of weeks. He's just a guy that makes me nervous to chase his points in a Cam Newton passing offense. And I get it, they lost Burkhead, but I still think ultimately this is 
they'd prefer to run the ball. And yeah, I mean, you saw Demir Bird really popped off this last week and you've pointed it out before he has a history with cam and those guys have some chemistry. So I think we've seen that pop at times. Yeah. Nikhil Harry, who's it's inexplicable how he's kind of utilized in new England when he's been healthy, which really hasn't been probably enough for a young, a young player, but he's back in the picture now. So yeah, I mean, I, maybe I felt like the guys above him are, have been maybe, you know, I don't know, more reliable and the more reliable situations. It's close. I mean, I, if you wanted to push Myers up a couple of spots, you could. Um, but I'm not sure that he lives up with the Nelson Aguilars of the world at, at this juncture. The, the only guy that I might might have a little bit higher would be Denzel Mims. That's just because we, you know, I, I love him so much. But, you know, it's the, the targets are there. As long as Flacco's in, I really, really love him. I think once Sam Darnold gets back in, I start to hate him just because um, – you know, I just worry about that. And Sam Donald's been talking about how, you know, maybe the next next week or two he could he could get back in for this horrible lame duck of a season for the for the Jets. I don't really you know, you have any of these other guys that you wanted to touch on before, you know, I, 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 I wanted to ask you about why you you know, we were talking about the DFS cheat sheet I'm gonna have to pull today. And you were talking about how you would like to add a staff trend for Dalton Schultz and you know, you're high on Dalton Schultz, all this stuff. I see he's high up on the tight end list. Is there a reason why like that you, that you like Dalton Schultz is just the Dalton Dalton connection. It's just been a good, you know, the tight end has been a pretty good spot. Obviously it's been a disaster with all the things that have happened in Dallas, but that tight end spot, I mean, we went into the season. Uh, who was it? Who was it that we wanted? Was it Blake uh, Jarwin? Yeah. Is that who it was Alex? Yeah. I mean, this has been kind of a and all the hype from training camp. Like, there's been a lot of hype around the Cowboys' tight end situation. It's actually been pretty serviceable, even when Schultz came in. And then uh, you see Schultz in the games he's been with Dalton has been utilized like pretty well. And even when Dal- even when Dalton was out, I mean, definitely took things took a swoon. But Schultz stayed, you know, somewhat involved in the offense. So I don't know. He looks to me like that position is just. Um, involved in the Cowboys offense and he looks fine with Dalton Dalton's going to him a little bit here um I like the matchup I like kind of like this you know I like these NFC East games sometimes I think they get sloppy and shoot out a little bit um so I don't know I mean I, I like I like Dalton I think he's I think he's a guy you can trust a little bit down the stretch more than just a one-week play how about that Okay. Any of these other tight ends or quarterbacks, defenses you want to talk about, or just they can check out the sheet. We can answer some of these questions and talk about the guys that we're we we that we could be dropping. Yeah, I like the quarterbacks this week. There's a lot of them. Pretty good set of defenses too. And uh, that Giants defense, that's a defense that really nobody was paying attention to. That's been sneaky good uh, most of the season, and I think out of sight, out of mind, coming off the bye, and now. Uh, they got that matchup with the Bengals. I think this is a really, yeah. really sneaky spot. I can't believe that shit. Look at the matchup tool for the Giant for the Giants. The second worst matchup for opposing quarterbacks and opposing t- tight ends. Not yeah, the second worst because I've been I've, I've been used to having 20, 28. So there are actually no teams on by this week. So it's not the second worst. It's the sixth worst. But still, dude. I mean, the sixth worst matchup for opposing quarterbacks. That's crazy. That's crazy. They've been a sneaky fantasy defense this year, and I think this is a really good spot for them. Okay. Most people probably aren't even thinking about it. I wasn't thinking about it. So thank 
thank you for reminding me before we put in waivers in our leagues. Um, That's fine. <laughs> what do you think, man? Should we answer some of these questions? Yep. All right. So let's ask. Let, let's let's answer Sada Bossy's big question. We'll we'll throw it to the trade master Byron. This is a consolidation trade where he's technically going to be losing, but should he make it anyway? It's, or I I say he's technically going to be losing, but should he make it anyway for the greater good? Deontay Johnson and Calvin Ridley for DK Metcalf to 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 improve the quality of his starting roster. He's having trouble getting both guys in. Yeah, if you're having trouble getting both in, then yeah, I'd do it. Yeah. Yep. Do you do, sure do you think he's kind of do you think that that's a trade where he's kind of, where he's kind of in a you're overpaying? Losing? You have to overpay in this situation, right? Yep. I mean, you know, and he doesn't have to do it. Look, in that situation, the other two guys are good enough. If you want to keep them and match up play them or whatnot, or have a one person on the bench for emergency depth in the playoffs, it's not a horrible idea, but like that's hard to not be able that's a headache to having to bench one of those guys every single week. I mean, DK Metcalf is Almost matchup proof. I know he's had a couple of tough games, but those guys are no, in the rearview mirror. Go for broke. You know, you go for broke with DK Metcalf. I think even though, even though you are not, um, even though you are not technically winning the trade in a vacuum. That I mean, that's how you know it's a good trade. Is if both sides kind of win. You know, it's like so. I think it's the kind it's of deal you want to be doing this time of year. Yeah. yeah, it's a little bit rich, but that's how it is when you want to have to go after the big names. And you just can't go into the playoffs and have somebody as good as Ridley or Johnson. You don't want those. I mean, I don't know. It's just a bad situation. You're going to sleep good at night with DK Metcalf, and I think you're going to eat this week in that matchup with Philadelphia. All right. Kipsy asks uh, – there have been a couple of people I've – re- I've written down the names of people who have asked, but Kipsy just asked just to transition us into the section where – we talk about should you drop or keep this stuff. Um, Ertz may or may not return from AR, IR. Is he trustable? I guess, what I'm nope. guessing he's saying is with a roster spot. I don't think so nope. if you don't have an IR spot either. Uh, Sadavas, he's asking, and also who could I trade Chris Godwin for? At, w- at what position? I mean, are you just looking to trade? I mean, we're not going to p- sit here talking about position for position trades, wide receiver for wide receiver. That's that's masturbatory masturbatory junk we want to do something to where we're helping to improve our starting roster um are there running backs or anybody you could would consider trading godwin for right now byron maybe uh i mean I, i'd have to get i'd really be looking for like a buy low rb1 or a high-end rb2 i mean god i know he's probably not going to be super marketable just because of the situation in tampa and all the other receivers there but the fact is godwin is like he's he's been a good fantasy play this year when he's been healthy like him less with all these other guys there, but he's really he's really Brady's. I mean, Brady likes to go to Chris Godwin first and foremost, from what I've seen uh, when he can. So I don't know. Maybe he's saying that he RB2. can. Get, he's saying that he can get McLaurin for Godwin, and even though I don't like those kinds of trades, I would. Well, I, would I would do. I would it. do that when when yeah. one in one instant. Yeah. yeah. When you're clearly getting a win, you do those. Yeah. But um, yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. God. God. Oh, so it's not the. Sadabasi with more questions. He's saying he's saying it's Godwin and Edmonds for McLaurin. Does that change the calculus for you at all? Maybe a little. I mean, if I was a Kenyan Drake owner, it might. But if I don't own Drake, then I'm not sure. I it might not matter that much. Ten targets for Chris Godwin in Week 11. Another touchdown. 99% snap count. Just get somebody good for him. Get somebody good for for Godwin. Okay. Um, all right. So how about these guys? Drop or keep Travis, Travis Fogum. 
if you need to drop him, you can. I mean, I would probably drop him for, you know, some of the very top guys on the sheet. If I, I mean, I might drop him for Michael Pittman at this point, right? Maybe for Aguilar, definitely for Edwards if I needed Edwards this week. Okay. What about Benny Snow? He seems to be getting a little bit more run. Connor kind of came to life this last week too, though, right? Yeah, but they, dude, they put Benny Snow down in the goal line too much. I think I would, I'd be happy dropping Benny Snow. I think I'd be fine with it. If he needed to, but like like our guy Alan Seslowski says, I mean, those are actually some of the – look, their last priority because it's just totally betting on the come, something that's a hypothetical that might not ever happen. But if you're scrounging around on the waiver wire – Sometimes instead of going after some super crappy low upside flex player, doesn't hurt to just stash guys right. that would have big upside if the principal running back went down. And I mean, I, I think you can make that argument for Snell. So no, I think don't it don't drop Snell unless you're for going just anybody. Don't drop Snell for just some shitty guy off the wire. But if it's somebody you know on the top, you know towards the top of the sheet, then that makes more sense. Hollywood Brown. Somebody going to play him against you in your playoffs, probably going to be mad. <laughs> He's got a pretty good schedule. <laughs> but uh, I mean, if you need to drop him, you can, right? It's just like if, 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 if you would have dropped him four weeks ago, you might not have gotten four losses. It's like – Well, you just should – if you had stopped playing him four weeks. Right. A lot of people haven't been playing him the last month. Right. To me, Hollywood Brown is a do not start. Is it do not start but what? But you kind I of, suppose you kind, if I was – You got to cut out a little bit. Is it do not start but what? I think he's a do not start at this point until we see more, even in a good matchup. But I'm not sure he's a must drop. I mean, I would drop. I might drop. I would drop him for I'd Pittman. I'd drop him for Gus Edwards if I needed to play. I mean, I'd drop him for the top few guys on the you know on the sheet probably. How about how, how about how about T Higgins? I, I probably hold on to him. You want to see one week of Ryan Finley action? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I do too. What about Jarvis Landry? What did Jarvis end up with this week? I know you were kind of. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. I, I was. I was disappointed I was in it. A little bit hopeful. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was. disappointed. <laughs> in it. Five five targets, uh, three three receptions for twenty nine yards on a fifty eight percent snap count. Lake Erie's no Lake Travis, man. Not no, in the winter time. Uh, yeah, you can drop Jarvis. Okay. Um, Joshua Kelly. Drop. Jordan Wilkins with Jonathan Taylor coming on. Drop. Henry Ruggs. Yeah, you can drop him. I mean, if you, you can definitely drop him for a lot of people higher than him on the sheet. Here's the big one that blew my hair back in chat, Byron. We'll end on this. Can you really drop Joe Mixon? No fucking way. <laughs> <laughs>